She's a doctor. Hi, I'm Dr. Dovek, and she's a dietitian. Hey, I'm Hannah Schuyler, and together we are the, the Doctor Dietitian Collab. Hey, Hannah, we have a lot going on on this episode of identity crisis. And are you having one maybe right now a little bit? Maybe just a little bit. So first of all, we just want to thank all of our listeners for all of your patience because I had something big in my life that I had to take care of, which was my wedding. Yes, her wedding was beautiful. She looked stunning. And you had the most perfect venue and all the details. And today we're talking about when you're leading up and working for towards something so much. And then all of a sudden, it happens. It's spectacular. There was not a detail that was missed. Truly perfect execution. And yet... Here we are the day after, and you are no longer that bride. You're now a married woman. How is that? It's so interesting, which thank you so much. I love that you were there, first of all. And then thank you for, you know, the, there's so much goes into it, right? And, mm. you know, I was engaged for about 13 months Um and in that period of time, we literally got engaged as we moved from Chicago to Florida. So, like, Ooh. lots of things happening all at once. So it's really felt like my whole identity since I've lived back in Florida, again, has been... I'm a bride. You know, my mom's best friend who helped do our flowers and and helped so much coordinate the wedding and all of this stuff. Every time I called her, she'd be like, hey, bride, how are you? (laughs) Or, you know, I had the tumbler that was like bride to be and like all of this stuff. And now, right, like I'm somebody's whole wife. Um, And I'm not a fiance anymore. I keep that's a struggle one, too. Like I keep I'm like, oh, my husband now. I have a husband. Yes. but yeah, I think it's really interesting because it, especially in the weeks leading up to it, when it's getting into the nitty gritty and all of the details, like it truly becomes like your identity of I am a person who is getting married and planning a wedding. And it's like, now what? Yeah. And I mean, that's what a lot of people talk to you about every time they see you. How are the wedding plans? Mm-hmm. What are you doing for your favors? What's your something blue? What's your something borrowed? You know, like yeah. all of these things. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, there's Hannah. Right. You're almost like, what, what What do we do now? Right. And I was, you know, it's like I've been so busy. It's like things I've stopped going to like to the gym or like doing activities or, you know, going out and meeting up with friends because you're just like busy, busy, busy. And it's now I'm like I told one of my best friends this. I was like, what's my personality now that oh, I'm not boy. getting married? Of course, it's planning the honeymoon will be my next personality. But that's just for a period of time. Um, but, yeah, it's like this weird. And, and I don't think anyone prepares you for it. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody is out there being like, oh, well, you know, you hear kind of talked about the post-wedding blues yes. and um, that kind of stuff of, uh, you know, you just had a big life event and now mm. it's kind of that that drop. But it's longer term than that. You know, you really do change you, you change who you are a person a little bit. Um, so, yeah, kind of figuring out, like, who will I be next? Totally. And you talk about big life events. And some of you might be listening, like, how does this pertain to our weight loss surgery, bariatric surgery podcast here? But I think the ultimate identity crisis is really around bariatric surgery. So looking at the preparation. So let's take it through the whole entire patient journey. First, there's this oftentimes lifelong battle with obesity. When patients come to us, how long have you struggled with your weight? 
uh, since I was born. When I was a baby, my whole life, since I was a little kid, I remember these very distinct moments in my life where I was either, um, you know, bullied or ridiculed. And just the way that 20, 30, 40 years later, people can recount that with the same emotions as if it was still present that day and how that lives with you and how intense that is to actually deciding that a patient wants to have bariatric surgery and how really that whole preparation of that process is something that's really intense as well. So you are instrumental, obviously, in the entire journey. But tell me like what you think about when a patient is preparing for you and they're putting in the hours, like that patient that's that overachiever that sees you a lot, and, and then the big day comes. Yeah, I think when it comes to that identity, like you said, it's especially the people who who have uh, struggled with obesity for, you know, for their whole life or since adolescence and things like that. Um, I think to to focus on is one really acknowledging that this is going to be a change. And this is why we, you know, we, everyone sees a psychologist as well or a psychiatrist, you know, provider. Um because this is such a big change in your mm-hmm. identity to think I I've, I've gone from, you know, I had one guy who was really tall and, you know, obviously was coming for surgery, so had obesity. And um, he was just like, I've always been the big guy. Mm. That's been my identity. I've been the big guy. And I was like, well, man, you're super tall. You're still going to be the big guy. You know, like that's not going anywhere. And it's about your personality. It's about who you are and you're charismatic and you're a big person, like personality-wise. So I think acknowledgement of the fact that this is about to change and a little bit, I think, for a lot of people, your your identity after bariatric surgery is that you're a bariatric patient, you know, especially mm. in that first year when everything is so fresh. It's like I went from being a person with obesity to now I'm a bariatric patient. Yeah. I mean, so many things there. Talking about the big guy, I have had so many people's email be like big guy 101 at yahoo.com. Sorry if that's your email out there, but I'm like, you're going to have to change your email address to medium guy or small guy or just change it all together. So there is that it becomes a part of the identity. And then the day of surgery happens and then you wake up. When you wake up in the recovery room, I think it instantaneously feels like like, what have I done? Um, I do think that there's a lot of regret um, sometimes, almost buyer's remorse that, um, yeah, I mean, I'm ready. I'm prepared. I'm ready to walk. I'm ready to sip. I'm ready to urinate. I'm ready to do all of the things that the book tells me to do and get my protein and have all of my water bottles and everything prepared. And then you wake up and you're like, ooh, this ain't easy. Mm-hmm. This isn't easy at all. And that's almost like the identity of somebody that is – almost in this extreme situation of of regret with that whole thing. And then, like you said, that first year, that honeymoon, first of all, during that preparation period, if you're out there and you're pre-op or you're post-op, you know that you did an immense amount of research where you were on Instagram, you were looking at the hashtags, you are really submerging yourself. Maybe at first you just dipped your toe in it, but you ultimately went completely underwater in just understanding this bariatric community, the language, highest weight, HW, surgery weight, NSV, non-scale victory. There's this whole like lingo that goes on. And now you're like, okay, I'm ready for it. And then that becomes you. And then you start to lose weight. And I think that this is the ultimate identity crisis. Yes. When you when you see yourself differently and when you see those changes, and especially physically, again, you know, like you'll feel different. You're going to have internal changes and metabolic and all of that stuff. But when you really see the changes and maybe see pictures um, and other people see it, 
And I think that's where the other the other struggle comes from with it is because our identity is not only how we feel about ourselves, but it's also about how other people experience us and how other people interpret who we are. Mm. Um, so again, other people were the ones calling me bride for 13 months. I didn't generally actually refer to myself as that. Um, <laughs> if you were referring I'm still yourself Hannah. As, like, yeah, third person as call me bride, like the bride says. Yeah. I would be like, what is wrong with you? No, I nicknamed myself Bride Chilla instead of Bridezilla. Oh, I love that. You're I, so clever. I'll I tell was, you. I was told I was too chill at one point. Oh, um, excuse me. But yeah. Sorry. People do love drama. We need no. to insert some drama into this podcast so that our listeners yes. can really like feel it. Yeah, I'll find my most Bridezilla moment. But um but yeah, I think that it's just how other people experience you. And so, you know, thinking, you know, kind of going back a little bit again to that preparation, you know, we have people who come to us and they're like, I'm not ready to share that this, mm, I'm doing this journey. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm maybe telling my spouse or I may be telling my best friend or my mom or whoever it might be, but very limited on who they are. And, and I think it's because of that identity piece of like, this is the person that I've always been. And now I'm making a big change in that identity. And I don't know that I'm ready to to share that with everyone. Um, and then, you know, sometimes there's also that, that lack of buy-in from people close in your life. And, you know, when we think about identity too, like family is such an important part of our identity, family and friendships and your chosen family, whatever it might be. And if you don't have that support of making this big change, maybe your whole family struggles with obesity. And all of a sudden, you're going to be the one to, you know, throw a wrench in the wheel and and stop that cycle. And they're not accepting because the identity of the family is that obesity. Yeah, I mean, no two ways about it. And speaking of family, we are embarking upon the holiday season. And I do think that the holidays are a time when this really comes to a head. First of all, for many post-op patients, especially at that year mark, this is the first time that your family and friends may be seeing you in person. And it can be like, whoa, you look different. And sometimes we know this, our mental, like looking at ourselves in the mirror, we're still identifying with an obese person. And it is always evident when I see what people buy their clothes. Mm -hmm. It's like, honey, you are probably four or five sizes too big on those pants or this shirt. And you, you're almost like in a little bit of a, um, you, you don't think it's really happening that you're, you know, you're skeptical, like, well, is it going to last? Am I going to just screw this up and gain weight back? I don't want to get rid of my heavy clothes because, or I don't want to even, I don't even want to spend any money on these clothes because, well, one, I'm still losing. And two, you know, I just, I can't give up that favorite hoodie or that those favorite sweatpants that now like you put them on, they just, there's no, there's no stretch band in the entire world that's going to get those things to stay up. And I think that that's a lot of pressure. I think there's a lot of stress around the holidays. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just that commenting on other people's mm. bodies, which Please stop doing that, everyone. Yes. Um, you know, if somebody t- shares with you that they've gone through this, great. But, you know, stop, stop talking about other people's bodies and whatever. But, um, yeah, I think at the holidays we see that. And like, like you said, it's the first time that people see you and it's been a long time. I always kind of make the comparison of it is. It's like the ants seeing the kids. And somebody who is oh. losing weight, they're seeing themselves every day. They're looking in the mirror. They're, you know, you don't notice those day-to-day changes. Just like you don't see your kids so growing true. up because it's a little tiny bit at a time. 
But the ants come over and they're like, oh, my God, look at you. You're giant. You're huge. You've grown so much since I last saw you, you know, at Easter or whatever. And so it's that kind of, you know, you don't you may not see the changes. And I think that's, too, where people struggle with changing like their style or changing their wardrobe and stuff like that, because you just don't see the changes in your own body that other people are seeing when they're seeing you periodically. Um, yeah, and I and I think that also there's two distinct times in life where people feel that they have the the hall pass or whatever you want to call it, the liberty to comment on people's bodies, and that is when you're pregnant. I mean, where do you embark on that one? That is like constantly like, oh look at you, you're so far along. Shut up! Don't comment on a woman's body when they're pregnant because it's already a, it's a mental is messing with you mentally. That's a whole thing. The second thing is when you've lost a lot of weight. What'd you do? Did you do that weight loss surgery? And especially if you're not telling them, there's always these, um, you know, this misinformation, this stigma around it, almost insulting you. Why would you do that? Why Why wouldn't you just try diet and exercise? You know you're going to get your weight back. And then there's always the commentary on what you're eating. Oh, yeah. Um, that should you be eating that? Should you be eating that much? Are you sure you should eat that much? Because maybe yours isn't right. And it's like, just stop because people truly know nothing about this specialty. Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. And, you know, of course, always the question of, am I going to stretch my stomach pouch out? And other people will tell you, like, mm. well, you're just going to stretch your stomach out. No. Let me insert this here. For the record, as a surgeon, I may have other surgeons or other uh, medical professionals listening that do not agree with me. Hear it here first. I do not think you can stretch your stomach out. And I have my my facts and my proof by I used to always get something called an upper GI swallow study. Not to take it to a nerd level too quickly here. I know Hannah's like, oh boy, let's bring it back to the fun stuff. But no, they would drink contrast on the day after surgery. We used to do that to check for leaks and we found that that was unnecessary. But I had tons and tons of sleeves and gastric bypasses that would have this upper GI study. They drink contrast. You could see the contour of the stomach pouch. Then if they had an issue, they come back years later. And then I started to compare. Let's look at the post-op day one and the post-op five years. And you would see that it looked the same. Can you eat more with time? Sure. But you have to really look at your patterns of eating, which is a whole nother thing. So if someone's going to comment on that, just, I just, it's, it's sometimes hard to do because these are the people that are supposed to love and support you the most that can be unknowingly the most hurtful and unsupportive. Right. And, and yeah, it's, it's so hard because especially when you do think, when we think back to like these holiday situations of, what are the traditions? And so much of that is rooted in identity and it's rooted in culture. And, you know, over time, those things become normal. And so it is. It's like maybe you choose to at Thanksgiving, you have some pumpkin pie or whatever, and somebody's going to comment on, well, you shouldn't be doing that. And it's like, you don't know what I should and shouldn't be doing here. Like, that is a conversation between me and myself and maybe my dietitian. Uh, we've already talked about it. I promise. Like, we've had that conversation in advance. So, I think that's too where – and you struggle with it because maybe your identity before was that you would go and Thanksgiving Day, you'd eat three plates of stuff. You'd mm-hmm. have – you know, you'd go back. You'd, he- you'd eat every single dessert on the thing and then you'd lay around and watch football or you'd watch the parade or my personal favorite, the dog show. Mm, um, that's weird. It's the best show on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Promise. But like – so maybe now you're in this new space, your body has changed, your intake has changed, your patterns, like your habits, all of that. 
and you're trying to really like live up to what your goals are and you're trying to live up to the standard you've set for yourself. And that's when all the comments come in and maybe you don't go back for a second. You have your small plate and you don't go back for seconds. Maybe you choose one thing that's special for that day. Maybe you're like, let's go for a walk after dinner or, you know, maybe you'll do a turkey trot. Yeah, no. I know. You're like, who, am, no. who have I who become? I'm doing 5Ks. I'm waking up early and yeah. loving it because I just feel great with the endorphins after exercising. Right. You know, I think that when there comes to habits, whether they be great habits or bad habits, people tend to want to do these together and have support in those things. So I think that is most challenging if other members of your family, maybe they still struggle with their weight and they're not quite where you are on your health journey. And so you are, you know, I'm eating a high protein. I'm eating some turkey, a little bit of stuffing, a little bit of mashed potatoes, and I just can't eat that much and I'm done and I'm not going up these multiple times, I think that it's almost like guilt, like a survivor's guilt that you feel this way and these other people are going to shame you, whether, again, they realize it or not, because you're not who you used to be. Like you used to eat, you used to be a great eater. You would always eat grandma's, uh, you know, bread pudding. Why aren't you eating that? That's an insult to grandma. You better eat that. And like you said, culturally, there's many different things. And, and, and this is the root of everybody knows this. The issue is that food is everywhere. It's when things are great, it's to celebrate, it's holidays, it's when things are sad or bad, a funeral, someone has cancer diagnosis, having surgery, I'm going to help you out, I'm going to bring you food. And if you don't take it, it's almost as if it's it's almost like a survival mechanism back in the hunter and gatherer days right. of who we were, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and and like you said, it's kind of that guilt of, well, what if I don't do this? And yeah, I think, too, just just understanding. And that's where, again, having those conversations way, way back with people, even before you've set foot in the operating room, like talking to people, like, you know, just so you know, uh, you know, again, if you're not sharing it with everybody, but maybe you have a trusted friend or something that, that's going to be with you or a partner, um, you know, this is what it's going to look like for me at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to need you to support me and put Linda in her place when she comes and brings me like, you know, the key lime cookies, who is, you know, stuffing them under my nose. Like, I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need your support because I'm changing who I am. Mm. And I don't think that bariatric surgery has to become everybody's personality. It doesn't have to be your identity. And there's plenty of people who go through and they just, they're quiet. They're not on Instagram. They're not sharing their their weights and they're not doing anything of that. But to, to say that it doesn't have some effect on your day-to-day and how you interact with the world and with other people is just patently not true. Uh, yeah. I mean, completely on all of that. It is a an ongoing challenge, I think, in not making it overwhelm you, but also respecting your boundaries and what weight loss surgery Sort of like, I want to stay in this lane of being on track. And when you were saying about like, whatever your weakness is, like, oh, the cherry pie, like, love that. And that's the one time a year I have it. So yeah, you can indulge in it. I mean, life is short, but slip, don't slide. And that's sort of the mantra and the whole thing. But then sometimes, you know, I've had patients who struggle with narcotics, for example. And I think that there are some things you just simply cannot do in, in moderation. So, you know, for me, some of you know this, but I am a recovering cherry Coke addict. And it sounds silly. It sounds funny. Um, but it, it was an absolute serious 
problem and addiction for me that I used to drink over two liters of cherry Coke a day. And if I would go to the movies back in Weirton, West Virginia, and I would be like, they'd have a pump of the cherry. That was like the best regular Coke with the actual cherry syrup in it. I'm like, give me extra. Come on, hook it up, bro. Like the guy's name was John behind the counter. Like I can still see it, smell it, taste it, all of it. But I know I can never, ever drink it again. Like, because then it's like, okay, I drank one today and two. So like, if there's certain things, you know, you just like, don't even want to go there. And you know, somebody else's feelings, forget about it. Like you need to unapologetically do you. And if that means, like you said, asking someone, all right, I said no, like no means no. Like, and, and it's like, or just don't bring it. Like respect me enough to say that, like, I'm telling you, no, I don't want it. Right. And, and. Yeah, people just don't respect boundaries. Oh, I know. (laughs) I mean, totally. So, and it it really impacts your identity. So now a patient, okay, so we move beyond the holidays. Now it's two, three, four years post-op. Do you feel like time allows a patient who's maintaining, they're doing great, then maybe they're creatures of habit, they kind of have their, their thing laid out. You know, and they're like right around their their set point. Their their BMI is great, healthy, all that stuff. Do you feel that with time, the identity will start to become more of a formerly obese? A that you're now like, I identify as someone that's healthy. Yeah, absolutely. I think that 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 and that's where most people would like to be in the long run. Um, and I think that a lot of people do get there, but I do think there's also people that are out there and they will never or it's going to take a really long time for them to not see themselves as they were Mm -hmm. prior. Uh, But I think that, yeah, people definitely can get there. And that was like a stage of their life. You know, it's just like you used to be a pregnant person and now you're not a pregnant person anymore. You're a mom now. And so it's a different, different stage of your life. So I think, um, yeah, I think definitely people can get there. And, And again, I think it depends on kind of how you interact with the whole thing. If you're somebody who's very public about it and and share a lot, I think for a longer period of time, it's going to be part of your life. But if you're somebody that this was like, I went, I got this done, we're, we've moved past it, and I'm just living my life now. And, you know, I've brought balance to my life, and I'm just hanging out. Yeah. And I think that one thing that you can do to help yourself with some of the body dysmorphia, which is along the lines of this identity crisis, is take pictures of yourself. So people say that all the time when you're heavy and you're just like, I don't like the way I look. And you're the one that is just like, it's ingrained in you to hide behind something or someone in a picture. And you only take pictures from maybe selfies from the right angle in the car. The car has the best lighting. We all know that. And with the rest filter, like Paris on Instagram, and then you, you know, you have these this certain look of yourself, you aren't comfortable taking full body photos. But I I strongly suggest take them in maybe like a sports bra or like in the same shirt or shorts and you take them at different angles. And I've noticed that, you know, some people like when it comes to social media, they really love the accountability. Um, like if you look at one of our patients, James, for example, he loves every week to the beat week on the on the minute, essentially, he will post a picture of himself, say what he did that week, how he's feeling overall. And if you don't post it, that's totally fine. But I think that sometimes it's very powerful to journal or even just keep them in your favorites on your phone. But like force yourself to do that because I mean, I'll tell you when I was pregnant, I did not take many pictures of myself because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I don't like, oh, it, like I gained 50 pounds. Like, and, it, and it's it, again, but I wish I had more of those moments when, man, I was making a life or like, right. and that 
is and was a part of your identity, but it makes you who you are today. Yeah. It, and and that's a great thing to think about. Of like That is your identity for that period of time. And I think that you can look at when you've gotten to us and you've got you're getting to surgery and all of that. You're kind of going into a new phase of life. So it's there's nothing wrong with remembering that person and honoring that person that you were before and the person who brought you to this point, who brought you back onto a journey of health and all of that. So not only to see it from that that change, but respecting yourself enough at any given moment in your life of where you are and and how you look and all of that, but just honoring that person as they are. Something else that I think is interesting is kind of like thinking about like what are some of the other identities that people take on after going through surgery and after or after just having weight loss or any kind of physical change in general? What are some things that you see? I mean, I see I almost, you know, I, I used this in one of our other podcasts. So check out um, Beyond the Blonde. That was a podcast one if you have not already. And I said in one of the lines was I was always the largest person in the room, but yet I was invisible. And I think the one of the big uh, identities is just one of being identified is that, wow, all of a sudden I've had surgery. I'm losing weight. I'm getting my mojo. I'm picking up steam. My confidence is returning. I'm looking cute. I'm feeling fly. And I want to be seen. I think that that's, that's my favorite one. And that's the one that, um, you know, I'll tell you, like this journey to be a weight loss surgeon, man, I could get emotional. It's, 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 it's not easy. You know, there's, there's ups and downs in my training and all the things I've gone through. And it's not always um, as amazing and maybe as it seems on my Instagram life, things can be really, really hard. But I think that um, it's I feel so invigorated by just keeping steadfast to helping people to feel that way. Right. To like go from invisible to visible. Yeah. Like living out loud kind of. Living out loud. Yeah. I think that's my favorite identity. How about you? What have you seen that you – what's your one of your favorites? One – um well, one that I've been experiencing a lot lately, which is tough from my perspective from a nutrition aspect and a dietitian, is I have all these athletes out here, man. <laughs> I, like, I knew that was coming. Yeah. I've got people that are running like half marathons. I've got people that want to be weightlifting and, you know, not even necessarily bodybuilding, but wanting to increase lean muscle mass or run faster times or, you know, whatever. I've, I think we have a triathlete, like all these different things. And I think Anyone can do that. I think there's no restriction on who can go and participate in sports. But uh, a lot of people feel they have more energy, they have more ability to do all those things after surgery. And it's just so cool to see people that are, you know, they're out there. And I'm not like a big athletic person. It's not that's not part of my identity. I enjoy doing things, but I'm not I'm not out running 5Ks every week. Um, But there are people that are and they're just like loving it. And they've adopted this whole other community um, outside of like the bariatric community. They have their running clubs or they have, you know, they're they're people that they see at the gym all the time and and whatever that might be. So I've really enjoyed that one. Another one is motherhood. I do think Mm. that's like one, Mm. you know, we've got some people that are that are going to have babies and and that's something they've wanted for a long time. And they now have that ability. And I think that, you know, getting to the point where we're going to start seeing those journeys happening more and more and um, being able to, you know, just see people really change from change into becoming a parent or, you know, it could be fatherhood as well. I'm sure that there's some out there who have held off on having a child 
as a man. Totally. To and it increases male fertility as well. It increases go. sperm count, testosterone, many hormonal issues. And so sometimes it's not just the female that's the reason for infertility. It can mm -hmm. be the male. And, that, and that's amazing. And I mean, I am someone that's very open about my infertility struggles. And I, I feel that the parallels between that and what our patients go through with obesity is very similar, that you try, you try, you try, you try, you try all these things, and you have all this hope. And unfortunately, there's a lot of disappointment with it and frustrations and anger. And it's like all of these stages of grief that you kind of go through. Um, and for me, in, in the fertility journey, that's every 28 days, you go in this uh, cyclical kind of, I think this is, nope, that didn't work. And then you just keep going round and round. And it's to the point, though, where I feel that sometimes um, it's, again, very similar to the weight loss journey that when I finally did become pregnant, it's like you don't even believe it. So when you start to lose weight, you don't even believe this cannot be real. Like this isn't, it's going to work for 99.9% .9 of everybody else, but not me. I'm going to be that 0.1%. Like there's no way. And then it happens. And then it even was to the point where like I had the baby and then it was like, but I identify as somebody who struggles with infertility. And then I felt like I left my girl gang behind. And again, there is a little bit of survivor's guilt. But when I think about the parallels to weight loss, I think about, um, especially in the early post-op period, when we talk about like, breaking up with almost a relationship like with food in some sense and just like the hormonal shifts that happen after you have a baby and there's postpartum I do think that there is something that happens when there is after weight loss surgery where you have all of this like hormonal changes and you just feel um almost like post weight loss depression that you're almost just in that same sort of thing all this excitement anticipation I'm going to be amazing and this kind of sucks and I just it's just so much feelings and I think what I'm trying to say is that if you feel that way or maybe you haven't had surgery yet I'm going to tell you to anticipate there's going to be amazing days and there's going to be days that are just so stinking tough um, but know that the sun will come up tomorrow and it, and it really does and, and sometimes that's hard to to know. Yeah. And, and like you said, seeing yourself changing and not really believing it, even if you can look in the mirror, you can take the pictures, you can see the numbers on the scale, you can see the, you know, you're able to climb a flight of stairs, you're able to fly on the plane, do whatever it is. Like you still may, you still may identify as that person from prior to surgery. And it might take some time to get to where you feel confident in, in your new self. And, you know, and again, I mentioned earlier, but like Mental health professionals are there for a reason and should absolutely be utilized in that space. And, you know, if you can't access, of course, access is a whole thing. But, mm -hmm. you know, finding, a, again, a trusted friend, a, a family member, whoever it might be, that can help through those um, feelings in that state of being and, and saying, look, it's, you know, we still see you. And, and I think it's also recognizing you're still the person that you always have been. You didn't inherently change your personality, your likes, your dislikes, your pet peeves. Like those things didn't change. Your physical body did. But so much of our lives mm. revolve around that physical body. So recognizing that like you are both. You are the old you and the new you because you're still you at your core. Mm. So very true. And, you know, back to the mental health piece. I do. I'm, I'm actually against the psych evaluation. I hate the stigma around it. It's like, wait, so 
if I had to get any other treatment that exists, would I have to see if I was like mentally sound for this? I mean, I think that that whole thing is no good. But I do believe that finding a therapist or even like you said, it can be a trusted friend. Like, Hannah, you're kind of my like unofficial therapist in a sense. And we were just sitting in this dark room with pink lights and we're just like kind of whispering into these microphones. And, you know, but whoever it is, like... I feel better when I get it off my chest, when I talk about it, when I don't internalize it. And you're going to be going through a lot of changes, again, physically, mentally, emotionally. It is really is a tsunami of, of, of feelings and things like that. And I would strongly suggest that you do not do this journey alone. It just never works out. Yeah. Yeah. Find find that person Find people, you know, there's if you don't have someone in your life that's a trusted individual, you know, there's support groups specifically for bariatric patients. You can find all of that on, you know, Instagram and on, you know, Facebook groups. Be careful on the Facebook groups. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's really good people out there that want to be there, that want to support you every step of the way. Um, you can look, you know, on, on our stuff. We'll, we can post some people that we would recommend for that, uh, you know, just to, to keep you going because it is, it's not, it doesn't have to all be you and it doesn't have to be, you know, if you don't have the support of family, maybe they're, maybe your family thinks you're going to leave them in the dust when you get the surgery because they, you know, they're not ready for that. They're not in that same state of change um, that you are. But finding that, finding your people and finding, you know, the people that, that understand what you're going through, I think is really important and can help you to to mold that. And, and also like start to change some of your identity prior to surgery if you're mm-hmm. in that stage, you know, pick up a new hobby, um, pick up a craft, you know, maybe start if you can go out walking or jogging or lifting weights or swimming. I love swimming. Like, you know, f- start finding and identifying and, and cultivating yourself as you are because you deserve that. And then it can help you also kind of, I would say, get through that that process. Yeah. It's just how do you live life to the fullest? And with your new identity, if that's what you want to call it, or, you know, embracing the old one that just has maybe a new bod surrounding it. But, um, you know, we are always here for you. I think we should start a support group. We should do yeah. like a doctor, ex dietitian Facebook support group where we have a, a really safe, um, private, secure place for you to share your struggles, share your successes, your non-scale victories, and just feel comfortable feeling like you are str- surrounded by maybe one strangers that have truly become friends. And um, that's so instrumental to getting you through your identity crisis. It is. I know. What's my new identity going to be? Oh, boy. Um, well, I'm going to be a honeymoon planner. I know. That's and now, unfortunately, one. I hate to tell you, but everyone's going to be like, so when are you guys going to have kids? Well, we'll let you know when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's always the next step. And especially, guys, don't ask that question either. Because yeah. sometimes people are struggling like, I wish I could. It's been four years. Thank you for asking. Thanks for yes. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. And it's just like, I don't know, back off. I mean, I know sometimes people mean, well, it's just some gentle small talk. But like, it can be really hurtful in a time. You never know what somebody else is going you through. Don't. And that is the truth. And yeah. so be kind out there. Be exactly. awesome to everybody. Put that into the world and you'll get it back tenfold. Yeah. Maybe I'll become a marathoner. Oh, shoot. No. That's not going to happen. No. Hannah's <laughs> no. so fun, you guys. Like, oh, my gosh. I just – I'm in such awe of, like, watching this woman and how she just, like – first of all, she jumps in the water at, like, a pool and she gets her hair wet. I don't know. I mean, I'm weird about my hair, obviously, but she'll like go underwater and then she'll throw my kids around and then she'll just like kind of dance to the music as if like truly no one's watching. And she's just like having fun and, and 
The yeah, number of so main, attractive. main character moments I had at my wedding was like, it was like 60. Every time I could, I was like, I'm in the spotlight. She today. was. <laughs> she was. And even her new husband, I mean, they kept saying that this guy was shy, but she just brought out this, she just brings the best out of everybody. And I think that... Um, that's the way to live, yeah. man. Watch Hannah Schuyler, RD. She knows what's up and how to live. All right. That's my new identity. It's just what's up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, awesome. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Again, we appreciate your patience while we got this episode out, and we are so excited just to keep moving along with this. If you have any ideas or anything you want to suggest to us, we're always here to listen. If you are going through any struggles of your with yourself, please reach out. If you're like in a total identity crisis, send us a message. We are here for you. We want to be there every step of the way for you. You can find us on Instagram at Dr. X Dietitian. We are... Um, on YouTube as well and just can't wait to take this journey on with all of you. Thank you guys. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.